Welcome. Tonight's program will dive deep into fringe knowledge of lost, hidden, and suppressed truths about the nature of our reality. The decoding process can be uncomfortable and at times frightening. However, you are not alone on this journey of understanding. Welcome to the Shadow Bank Podcast and welcome home. Well, 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 back again on the Shadow Band podcast. I'm not going to say what everybody thinks I'm going to say. Yes, I am. We got somebody super special, another super special guest. This guy's actually part of the Alt Media United family. He's also part of the actual activists family as well. Um, this guy, I've heard him say he's a conspiritual. I can't. Why can't I ever say like a tongue twister? Conspirituality dude right well we got chance from the interverse podcast chance what's up buddy how you doing hey jeff i'm super stoked to be here and yeah that's the word conspirituality we need to bring the light to the dark and not just get all stuck on the dark conspirituality i can never say it the first time it takes me like four times to say that word conspiracy i've got words like that they're like there are words like that we all have yeah, i can't think of any of mine but that's because i don't want to embarrass myself <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool man yeah i like that vibe man and i've also heard you say things like um synchro uh synchro mysticism which is i love neologisms that's what it's all about yeah because we're in such a confined box of thinking that's based on the operating systems of language and language has been manipulated heavily but the funny thing about it is it's only the popular interpretation of language that's been messed with when you get into the etymological origins of different words and phonetics it's like we've been telling ourselves the truth and even when we're contradicting ourselves ourselves and saying not what saying what we think we want but actually saying the opposite the truth has always been in there in the words there so neologism that's where you create a new word that's more appropriate for something than words that you currently have access to. And some of them catch on. I can't claim that I made up conspirituality or what's the other one? Synchro mysticism. But yeah. those are really good ones for our community. And we need more. We need more. Like, just think of all the self-defeating linguistics we've got. We work all week. And then at the part that we're looking forward to, it's the weekend and we're weakened because we get the weekend of the deal since only two days are left for ourselves after five days as slaves or whatever your config is, I guess. I'm not doing that anymore, which is nice. But I think we've all been there, most of us. Yeah, working through that weekdays on the weekdays. Yeah, definitely. Definitely something. Listen, I like that you started off with that because in every single episode, like at the very end, we always get into like the, the funny business with the words and stuff. And I always tell everybody like, man, I got to start off with the word magic stuff, right? Or like this, this double speak situation. So I'm glad that you kicked it right off with that, man. That's, that's pretty good. Bravo to you. I'll give you one of my favorite words ever. It's 
omnificent. Mm. So we know omnipotent, which is all powerful, omniscient, which is all knowing. And as human beings, we might not be either of those, but we are omnificent, omnificent, which means possessing infinite creative potential. Mm. That's the juice right there. That's... Infinite possibilities through the imagination portal. Yeah, I like that, man. Wow, this guy's going deep already. You're going deep already, man. I need to, I need to like <laughs> calm down. I'm standing. I should probably sit for this. Um, I want to stand. Let's trade. Yeah, you should stand, man. It's good. You got to get the circulation going. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. I used to do a stand-up desk situation, but uh, kind of took that apart last rearrange of the office. I'm definitely into it, especially because there's a lot more time behind the mic lately. But that's all right. I'm doing less other work that I used to do. I used to do like IT work which is a very interesting shift to go from that to working on people's auric fields of the sound healing, energy healing thing, because it's kind of similar. It's like, turn it off and turn it back on. (laughs) And people could do this for themselves, but they just sometimes need the permission or they just want the, you do it for me type of deal. And I'm happy to provide the template with the tools that shows their body how to heal themselves. But a lot of times, even with, on the tech side, really, like I, I recall, I wouldn't even be the one who fixed it. I would just turn it off and back on, or I'd come over to it and whatever they were trying to do that wasn't working would just work because I showed up. And or not because I showed up, but you know how it is with, with tech. It has a mind of its own. But yeah, we can take that mentality of uh, just call in the expert if you feel stuck. <laughs> towards so many things. I believe one of our biggest problems in society right now is we're all burning ourselves out and then everyone's empty when we could also be receiving instead of giving everything away and having some balance there. And that is a constant theme with people that I do sessions for is that, hey, maybe cut back on letting other people eat your light. Not that they're necessarily malicious, but we can't go around feeding our light to each other because then we're all diminished, diminished. That's a fun one. Instead, we should self-contain our light and be like that hermit card from the tarot, holding up the lantern that is our our real collected and intact and whole selfhood which is a presence that casts light on everything around us and the people around us. They see themselves better. They see the situation they're in better. And you didn't have to give them anything except just be there and be yourself to full. Be you to full. That's another one. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. Mm. Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, I got to personally, I have the problem of not uh, doing the inner work as much as I should. You know, I, I do a lot of the research and I talk to a lot of the people that explain in depth how to do this the inner work right and then i just kind of procrastinate about doing that myself you know what i mean i and i'll preach to other people about it i'm like oh yeah you should try this you should try that you know i've heard this and that and then i just don't go back and do it for myself so i'm trying it's a stage of the journey bro yeah i mean you know it's just part of it i guess and i'm slowly working into it you know the more people that i talk to like you and the last few guests that i've had have been you know super like uh I don't even know what word to use, like uplifting and motivational type, uh, positive vibes and all that stuff. And like, the more I do this with, with people like you guys, it definitely inspires me to do a little more each day to try to like take better care of my inner self. 
you know what I mean? Rather than worrying about what, what's going on outside of me all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I, I can relate because that was me for, I actually stayed in that pattern for like four or five years of being so focused on what I was trying to build and do a good job at that, that I wasn't putting the energy towards taking care of myself quite properly. And it's a easy trap to fall into. I think it's almost in our culture, practically like a lesson we're all supposed to learn, or maybe it's an age group thing. I'm not sure where you fall in the age group area, but those outer planets, they move slow. And a lot of us within a few years of each other have pretty similar stelliums going on. And so we go through this like hustle, 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 as we were trained to do with the idea that if I work hard enough to arrange everything in the external world just right, then I'll feel good. But that's backwards. And actually, it feels good to feel good. Focus on feeling good and watch how the external things in your reality get taken care of automatically and you just receive what it is you're trying to do. Or at the very minimum, when you do go to a, take the swing at it, you've got the throughput or the follow through to knock it out of the park instead of a pop-up fly to the uh, outfielder, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of my key. The other really important key is boundaries. I think that's in the end of the day, we're talking about the same thing here is boundaries because if you've got a healthy container for your own energy, which is self or consciousness, it's all like your inner light and it's not leaking out or you're not pouring it out into other people's cups all the time, uh, then you remember more of who you really are and you naturally as a being that is of the light will just be attracted to the things that bring you balance, make you feel good, set positive intentions, express gratitude. And so instead of looking at it like, oh, there's all these things that I'm not doing that I could be doing that would make me healthier, happier, more spiritual, um, set boundaries between yourself and situations and people that stress you the hell out and watch like, and trust that the grind that you thought was necessary to make those things right, or to get the resources you need from those things, watch how thing, those aspects of your life that were stressors rearrange themselves, naturally fall away without conflict or you needing to push them away and come in and or come into alignment with how they can help you and you can receive from them and not just give to them all just because you made the choice that I'm going to do what is good for me at all times. And the simple, really, I've got to put this on a t-shirt. I've been saying it on every show lately that I go on, but just do this. If it's not hell, yes, it's hell no. And try that out for a while and <laughs> see if like that can be as simple as it gets in terms of, well, how do I set the boundaries that you're talking about? Go in that direction. I know we can't necessarily do it all at once, but just practice that little victories in that mindset of if it isn't hell yes, it's hell no for me. And when you do that, then things rearrange, you get more energy, then you have more self-confidence to say hell no to more things that aren't a hell yes, and more hell yes starts showing up in your life because that's what you're asking for. And before you know it, it's just, that's what Wu Wei, that idea of effortless effort, that's one of the secrets to it uh, in the Eastern Taoist tradition. The thing is you're going with the flow of life force energy instead of trying to go against it because you are life force energy and life force energy when it's flowing feels awesome mm -hmm. just like any flow state you've ever been in so 
you maintain that flow state by continually flowing towards that stuff that feels awesome and not wasting your time in any of the compromises. And this can be a little tricky because you think it's effortless effort. That doesn't mean there's no effort. So there might be things that at the front seem like you've got um, maybe a belief pattern that tells you that's hard. It's not actually fun. That's not a hell yes. Like exercise or other things that are good for you. But that's why you start with the small things, the smaller boundaries that you can set. And then you have a bigger reservoir of energy and you look at the going to the gym or taking a jog or whatever as like, yeah, I've got the juice for that. And then you do that and it feels good the whole time you're doing it. And then you have more energy and it's just like a positive feedback. I won't say loop. It's more like a web because in flow state, we're what we're doing is we're going from the old system of circular logic based on fictional beliefs and feedback loops that keep you on a hamster wheel into like, you could call it networking, but that sounds like work and it's really fun. So it's more like fun webbing or branching and you're branching out to make more and more potentially serendipitous connections between you and people and places and things in the world. And uh, it just builds and it builds and it builds. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, finally hitting stride with that. And the key was definitely the boundaries thing. There was really only one aspect of staying in flow state that I realized was manageable at all, which is maintaining my own energy and my own vibe and uh, keeping it in a place of feeling good, whatever that meant for me at the time. We can talk more about some strategies for that because there's plenty more gravy there, I'm sure. But that was the key because the universe is just vibration and energy. That's what it is. So that's all that you are when you boil it down. And so that's all you have any say over. And that makes life really simple. And the truth is simple. It's the lie that's complicated. Mm -hmm. And it has, it has to keep maintaining itself and being fed and being worked on. None of that is true for truth. Truth is just what is. Existence is all that exists. Life force energy is synonymous with eternity. And so why not ride it instead of fight it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot of good points, man, honestly. And I have been trying, like I said, a lot more lately to kind of get in that flow state. And it's it's worked a lot for me, you know what I mean? Just, I don't want to say- You're getting like, there. Yeah, I don't want to say like not caring as much, but I, you know, I don't put out uh, all of the stress and all of the energy to try to do certain things as much anymore. I just kind of let things come to me, you know what I mean, as they do. And then I just kind of go with the flow, as they say, you know what I mean? And I mean, just in the past six months, honestly, like, the synchronicities have just built upon each other like exponentially it seems like it's it's almost daily now where something happens that i recognize as synchronistic you know what i mean and that does come a lot with just going with the flow you know what i mean and not not trying to attain any particular thing and rather than just do what like you said do what makes me feel good you know what i mean whatever that whatever that is you know but the other part of it is just the physical aspect of life, you know what I mean? Trying to cut out vices, you know, and replace bad vices with better vices, right? So like making sure my nutrition and vitamins and all that is on point and I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't even smoke weed anymore. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, I'm taking out these vices and replacing them with things that I feel like are better for me. You know what I'm saying? And that's also helped me a lot, I think. 
I feel it, man. You're on the up and up, and that's really all that it comes down to because it's either infinite stairs or infinite, what do you, I don't know, falls, or shoots and ladders. Life is shoots and ladders. You're climbing the ladder or you're dro dropping down the slide. And the slide is fun. And, well, you can think of it more like a roller coaster. The further that you go up after the drop, you have that much more momentum on the upswing. So, you know, you're going to, even if you do fall off, just keep, just get back on your climb, right? But it sounds like to me that you're doing the thing. And because it's infinite stairs, if you want to look at it as stairs, you can just keep ascending forever because what we're approaching is the infinite, which is source, which there's no end to that. So wherever you're at, it's more about the direction you're oriented because you can't stay still. Stasis is fake. If you try to maintain stasis on any area of your life, you get stagnant, which is going down or metaphorically, you know, diminishing. And there's times in life where diminishment or decrease is clutch because it opens up something new for you as well. So that's not something to be feared either. There's a rhythm to it. But my point is that if what you're doing is following what feels right for you, you will just continue to expand and you'll find that the swapping out vices for virtues is an automatic process and you don't have to try to do it all in one day. It's awesome to just be like, what did I do today or this week and reflect on that. And when you talk to yourself about it or think about it, just frame it in the terms of you're already doing it or you did it rather than I need to do it or I should do it. And just keep that positive and affirmative confirming of where you're where you want to be in the forefront of your mind. I think it sounds like new age woo, I guess, but you're programming yourself with the operating system of your words. And when you get down to it, that's really all you're ever doing is you're sitting in this chamber of your mind, watching what's happening going with the flow or against the flow and then interpreting it. So might as well author your own story the way that you want to and say the things that make you feel good about yourself. You're the only one that can, <laughs> you're the only one in there. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I use the phrase creating your own simulation a lot. That's, you know, again, going back to helping more people than helping myself, like you were saying, you know, pouring out that light for others, but that's what I usually tell people. I was like, yo, this is your simulation. You know, like you create the perspective that you have on what's going on in your reality. You know what I'm saying? So like, you, yeah, you could have a shitty day or it could be a shitty day, but it's actually a good day because you see all of the glass half full type situation. You know what I mean? But it's interesting. Like, I was, I, I can't think of, uh, I like, I didn't listen to a bunch of your shows before we talked. I actually just came across you when uh, Matt Landman sent us that, message or whatever so i've been he's a like, great connector so dude. many good people in my life that i know because he was like you two should know each other yeah matt's awesome, love that man. bro shout out matt landman shout out to matt landman yeah he's a legend and uh so you know i was like browsing through some of your episodes i'd listen to like 20 minutes and then go to another one and try to just get a feel for like who you are and your vibe and all that um and speaking of that you had some banger guests on your show man i mean you've had like michael Wan on there um what's another one that i was listening to uh santos you had on there you had some killer guests on there man so one's coming back wednesday for my other show so you mentioned interverse but i have a second show now vibe rant is what i call it like vibrant you know we vibe and we rant 
And that's more of a fun thing. The community can get involved. I invite the tribe on stage with me and put out a call-in link if anyone's interested or they can share memes. And we should put those on the show or voicemails are a pretty popular way for the listeners to interact. But that's a Wednesday thing. I don't know when this will come out, but every Wednesday at 8 p.m. we do a vibrant on my Rockfin and YouTube channels. And it is so much fun. I want people to catch that live 8 p.m. Central. And uh, Mike Wan will be back. He's an epic synchro mystic if there ever was one. If there's an Interverse episode for people new to my stuff out there to check out, the Michael Wan episodes would be a good place to go because he's, for me, he's like the model of the type of wizard that I aspire to become, (laughs) where it's like he's doing the original research on his geographic region, digging deep into the forbidden history of this realm and the previous civilization and how recent they really were and how advanced they really were. While also he's a killer artist or a living artist, I guess. And speaking of rephrasing things and changing our lingo, he makes awesome stuff and being inspired by some of the things he shows me on the podcast that he's crafted. I've been, and that he shows on other shows too. I'm really inspired to get back into crafting physical artifacts like wands. I'm a big wands guy. He's, he is too. He's a wand. Wands. He's a fire sign. I'm a fire sign. That's the fire element in the tarot. The wands are. So like, here's one that's for me. It's just a crystal with a wrapped handle and some other stones in it. And I know there's no video for the people, but selenite's my main jam with wands. And anyway, I'm building uh, a new one right now and having so much fun with it because incorporating sky clock stuff the way that Juan does with everything he's into he's always referring back to the rhythms of nature and the actual thing happening in the sky instead instead of the gregorian numerical artifice of the commerce calendar i mean i've got a foot in both worlds so does he that's how we're able to connect at the right time for things like this, but it comes down to knowing that there's no such thing as Tuesday and there's no such thing as 6.30 PM, <laughs> but there is a moon and you can see what phase it's in mm-hmm. and you can see what house it's in. If you, and those are also, you gotta be like, okay, those houses and those astrological signs, they are also conceptual and let go of needing them to be any certain way and start to try to get into the feeling of them. So it's rhythm. You're seeing where things are at when and it's feeling. And I do think that we're at a point in history where those archetypes are shifting or have shifted massively. But what people don't realize is the age change isn't just about the energy of nature or the flow of the Tao itself changing and then it changes us, but we're in a conversation with the archetypes, the inner Zodiac as we perceive it changes based on how we perceive it. So I think that where we're at right now is a really crucial moment of not just recognizing the big shifts that are going on in the reality, but taking our place behind the steering wheel of what direction the archetypes are going to manifest next to a certain degree. Nature is going to do what nature is going to do. There are seasons big and small in the fractal, but Think about winter for somebody that's prepared for it versus somebody that has just dicked around in the natural world. 
So there's two very different winters. <laughs> Winter could be an amazing time for the well-prepared who uses it to go within, uh, to enjoy the inner world and whatever domicile or home they've built for themselves, to plan what the next cycle is going to be like, to plant seeds, all of that, to create art. All of that's possible, but the one who didn't do any preparing is just out in the cold and might not even make it. So anyway, on that note, that was kind of a big detour, but talking about making wands, I'm doing fun stuff with that, like uh, having it completed or born on a certain date and time that feels like it's aligned with what I intend for the wand to be. And if somebody purchases it, purchases, purchases is <laughs> the wand, get like getting their, getting their date of birth time and showing them the synastry between the chart from the wand and them and being like, so this is kind of the potential ideas of what you might want to use this for. Make it your own, but like, you know, getting just really into that intricate synchro gravy where they might not even realize what going in, what the date of birth and the astrological sign of the wand is, but I can give them that and like an info packet and make it, you know, soup it up more than just a regular craft or really make it magical. And that's super fun. And we have all of the information and tools needed to up the game creatively and put as many layers and dimensions of meaning into what we're making as we care to. And the more of that, it's like ceremonial magic of any kind, the more time you spend, the more, pomp and ceremony or a circumstance you put around, like before you draw your tarot cards, you know, instead of just grabbing the deck and pulling a card, maybe you burn sage and then you say a prayer and then you strike a tuning fork or go through all this, all that setup, all that anticipation is, is crucial to you actually gaining something out of the experience and then integrating it. A simpler way of putting it is just that every experience, is comprised of anticipation, participation, and reflection. And the more balance and energy you put into all three of those parts, the more important, the more meaningful, the stronger that experience gets to be for you. And I probably could spend more time on reflection, maybe should start journaling. But in a way, these are like reflections, these conversations. And I guess I could go back to that if I really wanted. I am reflecting right now on all kinds of things. So maybe I should cut myself some slack that I don't journal, but I see people's beautiful journaling and I'm just like, that's a great artifact for someone to discover in your ancestral descendants later down the line. Anyway, that's enough rambling, but Hey, what's up, Jeff? What do you well, got? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you are journaling, man. I mean, we, we both journal, like you said, we're doing, we're just doing an audio version of that more than, you know, physical like you know I don't, I don't write a journal either but i'd like to think that by doing this show and going on other people's shows and stuff like that i like to think that i'm leaving a record or, or doing some journaling of some kind that hopefully you know the lizard people don't fuck it all up there'll be an electronic uh record later you know what i mean so but like going back to the uh like this age change right this shift into different age the new age what do you feel about like the whole idea of the transhumanism thing? Like, do you think that, you know, again, these lizard people, right? I like that term. You think the lizard people are doing something to try to manipulate this shift or like, where are you at with this whole thing? Oh, it just depends on the day you ask me, but 
<laughs> like where, what do I want to talk about? The lizard people or the, the cyborg stuff? Uh, where, where do I go? Because I'm very interested in both sides of that question. I think, though, where I'm at right now is that no matter what it looks like, everything that happens is from the bottom up. It grows from a root to the top. So there's really nobody in charge at the top other than life force energy. And then there's, I guess, ways that we create structures in society that allow all kinds of people to get what they want. You get the manipulators and the energy vampires. They have a place to get what they want because of the artificial hierarchy. The, those who are in the currency of victimhood, they find a nice place in the hierarchy. And it all just shakes out based on how our vibe is. And what the reason it's gotten this way is because we're playing the game of empaths versus vampires, really. Mm -hmm. And that even goes to the higher realms with the lizard people. We're like, oh, whatever level of the fractal we're looking at, there's always the damn predators there, predators and parasites. But I'm not saying there aren't lizard people, reptilians. I kind of have a different take on them that they're definitely serpent-like, but... Maybe we'll pause on that and talk more about where I'm at with the whole seraphim thing <laughs> next and just focus on transhumanism for a second, which is, man, I met like a, I met this old hippie today at a coffee shop. He said he was 73 years old and he seemed really cool and into a syncretic view of religions and spirituality and definitely a Wu Wei type of dude and great all around. Like, very artsy and funky guy. But in the one point, first of all, there's one thing that tripped me up is because he was talking about like getting linked up on Facebook and uh, he called Facebook meta. And I was like, they are, the branding's already working. This dude's not plugged into jack shit. All he's got is the little glow box that he tries to find like, I don't know, attractive younger women to be friends with probably over there <laughs> through the screen. Uh, God love him. And he handed me his phone for me to type my name into the meta search so that he could connect with me. And it was funny because I was sending myself a friend request on his phone and it wouldn't go through because he was in Facebook jail. So I was like, all right, he's just, he didn't even know he was in Facebook jail. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't work. I can't do this. You got 10 days. And he's like, I, you could tell it just went right over his head. But why I'm bringing him up is because at one point in the conversation, he's like, you know, Someday soon, they'll be able to put a human being's consciousness into a machine. And I was like, really? I, I guess I'll believe it when I see it, but I probably still won't even believe it when I see it because we're kind of missing the boat on what human consciousness is. And this will actually go into the Seraphim conversation later. So think about this. Energy is like water. You can even consider water to be... Uh, maybe the vessel that consciousness rides on as far as the radio transceiver model of your body being a vessel for universal consciousness that then enters it. And water takes the shape of its container. Well, energy, water, consciousness, synonymous terms here in this metaphor, and that the health of your body and the shape of your field, in a literal sense, determines your consciousness and what it's like. So, yeah, in that sense, I think that you could get something along the lines of AI through creating closed loop feedback systems of 
energy in circuitry that's artificially constructed, but it's still not going to be human consciousness or human intelligence, nor could it ever be as intelligent as the human body. And I say that because everything cybernetics works on feedback loops, which is all routed through a CPU. And they are talking about when they talk about quantum computing and stuff, that's them trying to break into um, hitting us on the intuitive level to make us believe that they figured out the interconnectivity of how actual intelligence in biology works, which is that your heart talks to your gut and your spleen and your brain and your fingertips. And every part of the body is interconnected to every other part of the body. You look at the cross section of your nervous system. It's just incredible. Um, the brain, we've been kind of deceived into thinking that it's like this big boss CEO of everything. And yeah, it's important as a, it's got a lot of functionality, but there's neurons in your stomach too. There's neurons in the other organs. It's not the only place where thought is distributed. It's just one of the more densely packed dendritic parts of, you know, an as above, so below fractal of the whole system. What I mean is that you look at the way gray matter is all tight and uh, noodly, similar to your intestines. They have a kind of similar look. And every part of the body, connecting to every other part of the body, the meridian system of Chinese medicine will show you that. Your index finger has a line that goes all the way through your gut and your intestines and out through, uh, I think, one of your toes. And so my point in saying all this is, Good luck making any kind of machinery that could ever reach that level of organic interconnectivity. I won't say complexity because it's actually simple because it's the same thing repeated on different levels of scale, which is what life force energy does in the universe. There's one wave, there's a sine wave, and then things that create the sine wave are of various dimensions. Like a dimension is literally scale. That's all there is to the... I, Dimensions are super fancy ideas thrown around by new age and science people alike. But when you really get down to what it means, it's like, how many pixels wide and, and high is it? <laughs> Those are the dimensions. And so there are different levels dimensionally that are just talking about scale in an as above, so below sense. And a cell in your body is dimensionally fractal, similar to the whole body to the arc field, which is similar to the realm that we live in. You know, whether you want to think of it as a sphere or a, a, a dome with a flat middle or an egg, I'm into the egg slash tree conceptualization. But at the end of the day, these are all models. And if they're reflecting life force energy and its interconnectivity, then they have some accuracy to them. But I don't believe that we're going to create the AI overlord that everyone uh, is so scared of. I do think now I do think that there is something going on that you could call AI uh, that's very different. And it's like an inverted or corrupted life force energy, you could call it that fills our vessel, um, cohabits our vessel with us. And this is really like stagnant chi that in a, it's become compartmentalized, not unlike a closed loop circuitry system of a computer. Like there could be 
I guess what I mean is there could be some kind of like consciousness in a computer, just like there's consciousness in a crystal, but it's not going to be human level intelligence. Is this like the Lucifer's technology idea? Have you heard that? Uh, maybe. Let's hit me with it. Uh, basically just that like uh, at some point, uh, I don't like really using the word Lucifer or Luciferian because I'm not, I don't jive that way, I guess, but that some sort of interdimensional psychic vampires or some sort of, you know, uh, negative arconic entities may have either possessed or coerced humans to make certain technologies so that they could literally like inhabit these technologies, like in your computer, right? Or like your quantum computer, your AI might actually be, uh, you know, like you're saying, like some sort of entity. Real quick, I want to tell you about our new Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, but you need a little more from us, head over to patreon.com slash shadow podcast, where you'll find our exclusive new series, Deep Dive. In this series, I'll be digging deeper into topics you want to know more about while reading documents, analyzing reports, showcasing videos, and giving you, the listeners, a front row seat on how I go about finding the information we talk about on the show. You won't find the Deep Dive series anywhere else. This is a special treat for the Patreon members, and you'll also have access to exclusive posts, polls, show lineups, Ask Me Anything live streams, and merchandise not found anywhere else. Join as a master member and even receive free merch every 90 days. So head over to patreon.com slash shadowbandpodcast to help us grow and get in on all the extra content. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I usually turn off my Wi-Fi before I go to bed. I think that stuff can ride on these electrical systems and currents that we've built artificially. But that's because it's ungrounded and it's compartmentalized in this, in a sense, like, and that we are too. And when I'm really vibed, uh, and I'm really whole, really charged, really grounded. It doesn't matter what type of 5G I'm in or tech I'm using. The, there's no entity interference. So it's all like what we experience from the tech and how it does or doesn't fuck with us is actually, I mean, this is opinion. Come at me. It's fine if you don't believe what I'm saying, I don't need you to, but this is just where I'm at, right? I'm not talking to you, Jeff. I just mean anyone listening. I'm offended. <laughs> where I'm <laughs> at is that the archons are like, just think about the word arc. It's a, it refers to a vessel. An arc is a vessel, actually. And it's also arcus, a bow. So when you're talking about energy vampires, they, first of all, there's a puncturing, like a mosquito has to bite you and inject a little bit of its energy into or like its saliva into your skin to necrotize the tissue that it then slurps up and eats. Energy vampires on the human side work the same way. They and they will violate your free will. They exist because human beings have the free will to violate each other's free will. But there's consequences for that in their energy system and also in yours for accepting it. So we got to get real about like when we get we feel compromised in the presence of another person um being honest that like some are out there actually doing energy vampirism on purpose and they know what they're doing but they're not a threat to you if you have 
boundaries. And even if you get juiced for a moment, you can put up, you can imagine, but it's not fake, the shields and sealing up the punctures in your auric sheath and rejecting the offer that they're giving you to be a victim to their whole attack. And I think the biggest clue is that when it's happening is when you like start to stumble over your words all of a sudden and you can't get something out or you feel really tired out of nowhere or just confused. Like usually they'll come up and they'll build you up in some way and they'll act interested in you. They love bomb you. And then you've let them in because you're like, oh, I accept this energy that's around me right now. It is uh, feeding my ego. And then <laughs> and then they flip the script in some way. Uh, call you out, shout you down, what make you feel shitty. And then that's them consuming, but you gave them the meal by letting them in. And we will, re we'll receive those experiences until we set the boundaries. And then we won't really experience that very often anymore. They'll naturally avoid us, uh, those type of people in energies because there's no vulnerability. There's no opening. And on the, the big picture, if this is something that can come through tech, well, then we should just be on the tech less because I can be as I can be super good to go with my energetic charge. But eventually, if I'm just like nonstop on the computer or nonstop on the phone, eventually it, you know, wears me down because that's not a balanced way to live. So we got to get real about that, too. Like we can get super strong. We can mitigate the EMF. We can be our own positive energy generators or orgone generators, but we have to give ourselves the recharge too. And so back to the transhumanism thing, I'm not against technology. The Aquarian age is going to have technology. I am against being ungrounded and unbalanced with how we use it, well, at least for my own life. You, you people do you, right? Everyone has free will. But I don't have a big fear that we're going to be replaced by the inorganic because when I look at life, I really do see life as synonymous to truth and existence and reality. So I don't think you can do away with it. <laughs> I think that's the biggest lie is that there's a nuclear Holocaust possible or something is going to destroy the whole planet or any of these ideas. Sure. Right. Like that's a, important key to the puzzle of the fear-based mind control that you got to duck and cover or that you need your bunker and all that. But I, I just don't see it. No matter how scary things are said to be through the screens, every time I look out my window, I'm just like, that's beautiful, whatever it is. And when I, especially when I go out there, it feels good. So I'm not scared of any transhuman future, but I am ready and willing to tell people, hey, just you don't need to imagine eternal life as a ones and zeros in someone's hard drive. That's not life anymore. And it wouldn't be you. So just lose that idea and instead see like, maybe come at it from the other angle. Maybe if we ascend in our health and in our balance with nature and our flow with the, the Tao and life force synergy, maybe we maybe we live lifetimes where it's dramatically longer, like the thousand years of the Bible. But there's going to be a point where you've rode the whole wheel and you're like, okay, I'm getting off the Ferris wheel, getting off the ride. And that's cool too, because as infinite as this experience in physicality can be, especially on the creative side, 
there's there's more too and so whatever part of life we're in there's more no matter how good it is or how hard it is there's more look for how to expand into the more because love is all about infinite possibilities and fear is all about constricting options down to there can only be one or everything sucks so that's kind of my rant and then maybe we, we should talk about lizard people too but i'll see where you're at <laughs> well no i mean that's a good point you know because we talk about the transhumanism thing a lot you know th this my show is Me a too. lot more based on conspiracy than 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 the uh spiritual side of things however we do get into both a lot you know what i mean i like to think of myself as a conspiracy god why can't i see the fucking word? conspirituality thank you um, have you talked to wayne mccroy no get that dude on he's got some really good work on transhumanism the ideology behind it and mm. all that inversion like i like to talk about it too but i just like to also bring the the uh, the truth about how infinite we are to the equation so that right. we can be like wow look how crazy this movie is but also nothing to worry about yeah i i don't worry about it too much i'm the same as you i have a a strong sense that i don't even know like the, the word i want to use is like it's a psyop right like i just feel like the whole idea of the transhumanism is kind of a psyop to just drain us of our energy right just to cause fear or anger or whatever you know from the whole thing but um yeah it's interesting you, the way that you say it is much more articulate than how i put it out there i just i'm like yeah it's a psyop dude like they're not gonna they're not gonna get away with it there's too many of us right we're all waking up too fast and all these things so you know trying to stay positive on that end but yeah lizard people what do you got what you got on lizard people man well that's really fun i've been reading pierre sabak lately mm -hmm. who is his research is so lit he doesn't even have ebooks of it like it's not digitized <laughs> you gotta get the actual physical book from him pierre sabak s-a-b-a-k and i mean maybe i come to some different conclusions to, to his research than he does but that's true for anybody i'm looking at what's amazing about what he's done is he's he's read like all the dictionaries all he spent a long time i guess reading the greek dictionary the latin dictionary hebrew arabic aramaic and of course, English too. And what he discovered is that there is a similar thread of wordplay, punning, and uh, linked concepts that runs through every ancient language and spiritual tradition that he's examined. And they all go back to the idea of seraphim or the reptilians, the dracos, whatever you want to call it. So I can only from memory give a few etymological examples, maybe more than a few, because I've it's a very dense book and I've been taking my time with it. But here's an example would be you have seraphim are also called the watchers in the Bible. And so that has everything to do with this idea of the panopticon, right? The <laughs> being constantly under surveillance. It's what they do. They are also said to be blazing or flaming or gleaming serpents, uh, scaly as well. But their angels is another way of their, them being described and their sailors too. So there's all these concepts that are interlinked and the, it goes into UFOs having to do symbolically with shields and plates like offering dishes because we're offering ourselves up to these 
interdimensional. I say interdimensional because they're in a different dimension of scale on the fractal. Maybe you call it macrobes yeah. and we are microbes relative to each other. Right. And then there's microbes to us that we're macrobes too, right? And it's just turtles all the way down. I think maybe it either never ends or it's some kind of Mobius loop where the bottom is the top. But <laughs> these things that are referred to as the seraphim, uh, if you look at them in the Greek, for example, you get the word dragon from dracon. And dracon is a word referring to observing and watching, actually. So the word dragon, which is like a sky reptile that snatches people away, especially princesses, is a word that is etymologically coming from watcher, actually, or an observer. And so there's so much to this, but this is a good example with the dragons because they, uh, being that they're like abductors, well, what are the, you know, what's the UFO phenomenon all about? Hmm. Abductions, right? And then the word, <laughs> the word reptile is actually coming from, I think, repere in uh, the Latin. R-A, this is why you need the book because you got to see it all spelled out. But the word for reptile is coming from the same word as the word for rape. And rape is to carry off or abduct or to snatch. So you've got that going on. And even like think raptors as they call birds because these these reptilians are also they also have wings apparently that's where you get the symbolism of the angels so they call birds of prey that hunt raptors and that also comes from the same root as the abducting or snatching word uh there's so much more let's see yeah um i'm gonna need this book man you're gonna need this book holographic culture is the name of the book write this down dude and there's another one that i haven't read yet called the murder of reality that's a fun title, <laughs> but it's so dense and it just shows you that all of the um, classical tradition and the classics being things in the canon <laughs> are about these cannibals and the canon I'm talking about just literally classical art and literature, literally, where once you have the decoder ring of understanding these particular concepts you will see that it's actually being talked about everywhere. And the, even the word classic is a clue because classic comes from classis in Latin. And a classis is a type of naval vessel. There are different classes of naval vessels. And then we can talk about vessels and why that word is specific to seafaring. But they're said to be, these angelions, angels are said to be sailors from the sky. So, all that symbolism has translated into things like the maritime law system, even that we've got. That, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big time. And uh, classes is also referring to classified information that is reserved only for the higher classes, not the lower classes. And the higher classes are the noble classes, but noble comes from a word referring to naval or those born from a boat, as in, like, literally, they came from a skyboat and that's there where they trace their lineage to is some being that came from one of these what we call in modern times ufos but if you understand the classical tradition from this context you find you realize there's nothing unidentified about it this is the you know this is the lizard people <laughs> they've right. always been up there and what i think about them 
this actually why this relates to transhumanism and this is something this is kind of my original thoughts i guess uh from observing this information in the context of what's going on in the world today is that when we think about like why do humans actually have the drive to build robots and create ai or algorithms it's so that there can be levels of work done in dimensions that we don't have the capability to work in and those dimensions don't necessarily have to be dimensions of scale in terms of size it could be dimensions like strength or processing power mentally so a robot could pick up heavy shit that we can't pick up and that's where it's useful or the computer can calculate all these chess moves faster than we can and that's where it's useful neither in neither case they possess the intuition or the inner knowing that we possess which would be like this is the metaphor for the the reptile beings the seraphim which are if they are if they do exist they are spiritual and material and maybe even kind of phase in between but from our perception that could be like the the robot that only knows that the human being is there when it's operating through the interface that controls the robot hmm. otherwise it's like not there to the robot and i'm not saying that we're robots but i am saying that life has a fractality to it where there's always an as above so below and if we create beings like robots and ai and we have all these traditions that humanity was in some way modified or originated as servitors for these seraphic angelions then maybe there's something to that because it, here's what what i think is interesting these beings are said to be serpents and flaming serpents right well and spiritual as much as material or maybe only really spiritual in this in a way and what is spiritual it's just the unseen realm that is all that's pervasive to everything of the physical realm that's there even though we can't perceive it so like the robot it can't see the room around it unless someone switches on the camera and even then it's not really seeing it's like the camera is picking up information but the being controlling the robot is what is actually seeing what the camera is showing right so i think this all follows but where where they're useful for us is that they're stronger they have maybe different body types so if you go up a level or an octave maybe these beings that we're calling the the, the jinn or the seraphim the lizard people snake people the serpent of the garden of eden perhaps they just don't have limbs they're some sort of energy system that's just the chakra column because if life is self-similar across scale then they probably have some sort of vertical column energy system the way that we do hmm. and the way that trees do and the way that so many other things in the realm do so maybe they just don't have the appendages that we have and they're more just in the mental or astral plane in terms of where their capabilities are at maybe they're very capable in those planes maybe that's like their home and we just kind of touched those realms a little bit so it would make perfect sense that if you wanted to manipulate the denser bandwidth of the reality spectrum and you were these basically just floating chakra columns that you would make beings in some way fashion them to have this pentagram two arms two legs and a head 
so that we could pick things up and move them around and manipulate them. And none of this needs to be scary. Like, uh, oh my God, we're just abomination experiments of fallen angels. That's all story. <laughs> That's all just story. What we are is vessels for life force energy. And what we, as life force energy, that guarantees us free will, no matter what manipulations or convincing and conning is done to us by us or by because these other beings I'm talking about, they're life force energy too. So that means that they're either flowing, healthy chi, like a Bruce Lee, <laughs> a Wu Wei master, or they are stagnant, uh, death chi. And so even, even the reptile people, assuming that that's what we want to keep calling them, the lizard people, there would be cool ones and there'd be shitty ones. And it's up to us what we interact with what we let in and i think there's a lot more to that like the that they can cohabitate our body or in some way manipulate our body it does sound a lot like someone who has the control interface to a, a robot you know you're possessing the rc car when you've got the controller for it in a way but that's kind of these are this is all just wild speculation <laughs> it's kind of where i'm at lately though and uh, I think there's way more to be inferred and it's fun. Life is never boring because there's infinite things to know and only so much consciousness that you can hold at once. That's why it's so more exciting to live a life where you're, they'll call you a Luciferian for this, but where you're not sacrificing yourself to the crowd or the collective and you're radically committed to being a healthy vessel for your own chi that doesn't leak and that doesn't lose it. Mm -hmm. And there's more we could say about that too. And we'll, but I think we've talked about that really well, this whole conversation, keep weaving back to that idea of how, what's the integrity of your body vessel for this universal life force energy. And that being the only thing you've really got any say over, but also where all the good is. That's deep. Damn, dude. I could honestly listen to you just go on about this stuff probably for like hours. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, I love, like, I, I'm not one to like articulate these ideas very well. You know what I mean? Like I have trouble like figuring out how to say some of these things, but you know, you and a lot of these other people out here, like you guys, it seems like you guys have nailed or at least got a really good understanding of a lot of this stuff well enough to where you can present it to somebody right like you're telling me this stuff i could not go and tell it to somebody else the way you're telling me but like i'm soaking it in like a sponge like i feel like i get all the shit you're saying without being able to like regurgitate it again if that makes sense you know what i mean right yeah um i started off as more of a regurgitator than anything else and that's cool too anyone out there don't feel bad if you're more mirroring and regurgitating regurgitates an ugly word just say mirroring information that you're taking in but what i want everyone out there to know is whatever amount of information you've taken in up to this point you already got enough <laughs> like if it's fun to keep looking at more puzzle pieces i say go for it but there's a balancing thing that i had to realize as a host i always wanted to be super into the knowledge and always have the cutting edge and like keep up with as many other really smart minds as I could, but that can be out of alignment and out of flow with what you want to build in terms of your actual health and 
enjoyment and taking life at a more reasonable and sane pace. So what I'm getting at is that you've already got what you need to express your perspective on the world. You already know and perceive things that no one else has ever known or perceived. And so it's not about being like anyone else in terms of how you share perspective. The real goods is slowing down a little bit, slowing down enough, giving yourself enough pocket in the rhythm of off on so that the wellspring of your perspective just naturally bubbles up and you just can start sharing it. So like, I still like to read, I still like to listen to other people's shows a ton, but I've noticed that easing off of that somewhat has naturally given me a quicker and more able, unique expression of my perspective, such as like, I don't know if I've ever on a show explained Seraphim before the way I see it, which is that, you know, it's just uh, a simplified version of us where it's more spiritual or etheric and they just don't have the limbs. And that's where we come in, in terms of what we can do for them. And is it really so wrong to, I'm not wanting to be a slave, but is it so wrong to be, um, the eyes and ears for a higher octave of life force energy to work through or see through? I don't think so because maybe that's the same thing as the, the spirit helpers and spirit team. I call it spirit team. You're, um, your spirit guides that psychics talk about and see, maybe that's the realm that we descended from in the first place. Maybe like, I think that those reptile beings are just us and you look at it whenever they give you this idea of evolution and Darwinian evolution that we know is so goofy. They say like you, de you descended from dinosaurs and they were giant and all that. You could look at it differently and just say, we descended from these reptile, uh, astral reptile beings, astral serpents. And we descended into the material world so that we could be a link in the chasm of the infinite void for the build across eternity. And we're a link in that. And so, you know, some of the, some of us are shitty. <laughs> and so some of the reptilians are shitty and what's the balance of how shitty we are to ourselves? That's the balance of how much control or, you know, I, I think Mark Passio put it really, really well that internal sovereignty equals external anarchy. As in the more that you are self-ruled, the less rulers have any say over your life and vice versa, internal anarchy, no self-control, external uh, tyranny is the result. So I think that function is crucial to how we look at life and how we look at the days. I can talk about the days all day. Don't get me wrong. And I know there's days, but they are us too, because the thing that's one in the universe is life force energy. You can see it in the patterns of the crypto market. You can see it in the oscillations of the luminaries above our heads. You can see it in the rhythm of uh, born age, old age, death, you know, and then restart. There's so much to it. And I'm not claiming to have all the answers. I just know that life goes way better when you enjoy it. Yeah, that's deep. And that's a cool way to look at the, uh, the lizard people, right? Is that, like you're saying, like we're almost as, as if we're like a tool in this realm or in this 
you know, 3D existence where they might exist in this higher realm or this other dimension and, you know, we're, you know, of them, you know what I mean, in some way. But that's a cool way to look at it, man, because I forget who I was talking. I think I was talking to Crow777 and he was like, you know, I was talking to him about the Saturn cults and stuff like that. And he was like, well, you always got to remember that nothing in the natural universe is inherently good or bad. It just is, right? So if that's the case, then these beings that we're talking about, they're not inherently good or bad. They just are. And, you know, it's just a, I can't think of the word. It's like a cohesive thing, right? Like we're all just in this soup together and doing things because we're doing them. You know what I'm saying? There's no rhyme or reason for a lot of it. I think, I think it's just, we're just all in this, you know, we're all riding the waves at the same time, just on different dimensions. So it's interesting to think that maybe these lizard people are just kind of utilizing us as a tool in this, in this realm, you know, this 3d realm. It's pretty wild. And yeah. And that they're us. Right. Yeah. They say that they're us from the future, the, the grays and all that. Yeah. You hear that all the time. I don't know how accurate that is. I've never asked them. I've never seen them. Maybe they aren't even a thing outside of our imagination, kind of like young posited, but imagination to me is reality. There's not a distinction. It's a sense. It's a perceptual faculty and a creative faculty. It's not one-sided. It's not, we make things up and we see it in our mind's eye. It is that we create as we perceive. I think so that makes imagination like the only real spiritual path is the one that accesses and expands your imagination because mm. it goes right back to love. It's more possibilities. You'll know you're in a flow state when you're just constantly filled with ideas and possibilities rather than restrictions and the feeling of confinement. You want me to draw a card for you? Yeah, draw a <laughs> I've been card, man. Played with it. my decks all this whole time. I see that. I've been watching you do that. You curious about anything? You want to ask a question to the cards? Because that's where you kind of, I mean, you can do what you want, but sometimes you get a fun synchronicity when you ask a yeah. question. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really have a question, man. Let's ask about know. the lizard people. Unless you got something. I don't really have a, I don't really have any questions, man, to be honest with you. I'm just kind of. You know, I've been I've been listening to you like a sponge, like I said. So now I don't really feel like I have much to to question, other than I'm just kind of thinking deeply about. Like you kind of shattered one of my paradigms a little bit, or at least like the idea of these lizard people and stuff. So I'm just kind of. You can keep part of the paradigm. There are bad guys in terms of energy vampires, yeah. but they just have no say over our life if we're not self-inflicting our own parasitic thing yeah i just i think i've been stuck in the uh like david ike's version of the lizard people for a long time so hearing like a totally different perspective on like you were talking about like going back with the language and you know what they represent and all these other things like it just i never really thought about that stuff so i'm just kind of i'm like oh shit man that's it's <laughs> a different way to look at this you know what i mean yeah i'm going for a yes and approach rather than a True false approach. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So shattering the paradigm might not have been the best phrase, but you get what I'm saying. No, yeah, we can we're shattering. Shattering. Shattering all the molds. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so it's as I'm saying shattering, this is the card that I pulled up here. Difficulty in the beginning. Mm. This is fun because 
I'm really interested in the cosmic egg cosmology I see and how, yeah, the snakes eat eggs. Talking about serpent beings, they eat eggs. <laughs> and so on the subject of ones that aren't really out for our best interest, they mean it makes total sense that if we as beings are these auric fields that are egg shaped in the realm we're in is Neil, Neil, my ass Tyson says it's uh pear shaped, but that's kind of like an egg. <laughs> then what we can glean from that is, well, what happens when an egg cracks from the inside is life begins. But if the egg cracks from the outside, life ends. It's consumed rather than grows. So I think that's where we're at in terms of the this cardinal shift that the world's going through. It's this is what I talked to Ben Balderson about in a recent episode. It's either the great reset or the great work. It's either living life from the inner world directing the outer world or having the outer world direct the inner world. And the battery's getting low. You know, the we're running out of this fuel in the egg that um mother gave us to grow off of. And we either gotta be born into our next incarnation of uh, of existence, which is come out of the shell and into the larger reality. Because the shell is that temporary structure of our our limited our our perceptually limiting beliefs. Or we get cracked from the outside and we become the food source for something else, which is still like, you know, nature needs that too. So you get the choice of how you want to come out of this egg as food or as the fool beginning another cycle of this journey of uh, infinity. And so difficulty in the beginning is a cool card. It's the unconscious deep version of self, the total psyche supported by uh, bioenergy, like electricity, the arousal energy, which means we are to crack the shell. We are putting our electricity, our personal energy towards directing it towards the deep waters of our uh, unconscious, which what that kind of turns into on the aura level is we are combing through the uh, parts of ourself that are compartmentalized and stagnant to bring those back into circulation and flow. Because at this stage of the game, all the low-hanging fruit that's kept us alive and healthy up to now is gone. And it's like, we need to change. <laughs> like we're in a different type of harvest moment now. We got to get those last difficult to find treasures and coins in the video game level to pass to the next level before the timer runs out metaphorically. And the timer running out isn't like, Oh, be afraid of the timer running out. It just means that, you know, if you don't extend your life, then you gotta, you lose the life eventually and you start again. And the reincarnation cycle maybe is something that can be, different for beings that become self-powered, self-fueled, hmm. you know, once you pop out of the egg, then you can, then there's a whole new world for you to go find resources and continue growing 
within. But if you never leave that shell, eventually, you know, you die on the vine, so to speak, or the snake eats you. So difficulty in the beginning is not just about growing pains and awkwardness, but also about becoming stronger. And there are doubts and fears in there, but the key about obstacles in general is that they show you the way. The obstacles are the course. And uh, difficulty in the beginning is definitely an inner child moment where we're reawakening to soul or spirit, which is always in a childlike innocence. And uh, inner child loves obstacle courses. Ch children love obstacle courses. <laughs> so obstacles are the course. It's a really great way to deal with the fear of the unknown and uh, the challenges of getting to a new level in life is just look at it like wherever the difficulty or the friction is, that's a blessing because it's a flag waving you to where to go. If you're running the 100 meter hurdles, you don't run around the hurdles, you go over them. And the fast, the better you go over the hurdles, the better you do in the, the race. So it's a, I love that metaphor for what we're doing here too. Uh, obstacles are the course difficulty in the beginning that's deep man and it's interesting that you pulled that card because it totally I, I feel like that resonates with where i'm at in life right now you know what i'm saying i mean e even just in our conversation and the things exactly. that i told you you know what i mean it definitely seems synchronistic that you would have pulled that um yeah it's wild man give me we something keep to going think about. yeah give me something to think about lean here's into, the result yeah lean into the difficulties a little bit the result here 10 of discs this is uh <laughs> this is you the the wifey grandma the dogs the kids everybody <laughs> this is all the this is the point like where this leads is for all of us really if we get if we crack the shell and we are born into the larger reality is even though may even though if you wanted to maybe you could look at our existence as these uh platforms Mars rovers for spiritual snake gods. <laughs> Even still, if we did the best we could and we got all the treasure, this 10 of pentacles or 10 of discs has the, uh, the dual meaning of not just material success and a completion in terms of securing all the necessary sovereignty in your resources and wealth and prosperity as tangible human things not just ones and zeros in a, in a computer but like your children are your prosperity your 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 animals i don't want to say livestock but the beings you cohabit with that help you and you help them symbiotically you know the the world you live in becomes that like they're in a nice little town here it's anyway uh my point is that when you when we attain that level of material sovereignty and proficiency that becomes uh a portal to spiritual attainment for you as a being because you can relax more into the old age part where meditative thought and slowing down is natural and you're not constrained in that by health issues from not having enough to eat or you know it makes sense to me anyway so we got difficulty in the beginning and then 10 of discs so it's just like come on out of the uh, the matrix pod the biggest lie <laughs> that we tell ourselves, and that we thus propagate through all the toxic media 
is a worldview that there's no opportunity and it's all falling apart and we're killing the planet. All that is bullshit. The real truth is outside of the matrix pod, it's not a sky scorched, you know, hellscape like in that movie, the matrix. It is what you see out your window, open skies and tons of space, depending on where you live. Maybe you live in a, a thickly populated city, but I swear outside of that place, there's tons of open room, like tons. And the opportunities are there and the treasure is waiting in the unknown. And that treasure that's in the unknown is the stuff that only you could find. And if you don't find it, no one will bring it to the tribe. That's your part of the web across the, uh, the, the chasm of the abyss. And if you leave a gap, in the web where you could have been a, a strand, you're kind of letting down the whole thing a little bit, no pressure, but you know, we need, we need your perspective out there too. Everyone listening, you don't have to come on stage with it. It's just about the people that you are in direct. Whoever's in front of you is who needs you. Not, the, not the world. You don't have to save the world. Anyway, <laughs> that could be yourself too. You know what I mean? You're the one that's in front of you at all times. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be your own hero, big time. That's deep, man. I feel inspired, man. I want, I want to do something now. You know, I want. Yeah, go make, go paint something. Yeah, well, I don't paint. I'm really bad at painting, but I do write music, so I'm thinking about sitting. Go write down music, and jamming out. You know what I mean? Oh, I feel good, man. I feel cool. Good. That's flow state. Yeah, yeah, I feel good, man. Feel That's inspired. my whole thing. I want everyone to feel good after we do a talk like this. So I'm happy that we achieved it. I feel good. good I feel man. great. I'm, I, you know, I'm glad you took the reins on most of this because I, I, you know, I didn't really know where to go with it, but you, I mean, you crushed it. You got me feeling good. So sweet. That's all that matters, I, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I just like to tap into who I'm talking to and uh, the, I don't even, I'm watching myself say this stuff. I'm like over in the corner, just like, what's he going to say next? <laughs> I do that too a lot when I'm, you know, talking to people, but I'm glad you, I'm glad you took it from me this time, you know, because like I said, I wasn't. I didn't really know where to go with it, but yeah, I feel like you, you took it away, man. And you crushed it for sure. But, um, listen, before I shut this thing down, uh, first of all, we got to do this again at some point, you know what I mean? Whenever yeah. you want, you just let me know. We'll make it happen. I'd, I'd love to pick your brain more about a lot of other things. You, yeah, you let me know. You, 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 <laughs> you let, let me just, know. You let me <laughs> no, know. You hang up first. No, you hang up first. <laughs> Cause I'm, um, I'm definitely game. It'd be yeah, fun. Dude. For sure. But yeah, tell everybody again. I know you already did earlier, but tell everybody again, like where they can find you and, and all your shit, your multiple shows and everything. And I'll give the full spread of what I'm Do up it. to these days. Interversepodcast.com will catch all of it. You can find everything from there. My YouTube channel also gets everything. My Rockfin channel gets everything. I'm also on Patreon. Uh, there is a second hour of Interverse for Patreon or Rockfin subscribers exclusively, but everyone gets the weekly show for free. Uh, the first hour of it. Second hour is where we get really wild, though. In Vibrant, though, you get a two-hour weekly show on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Everyone gets that for free. And you can call in. You do that through our Telegram group that's set up for Vibrant. And I also encourage people to find the link on my website to the regular Interverse Telegram chat because that is the party room. It's like the human search engine. Uh, you ask the group a question and you get experience and wisdom from real life rather than from the algorithm. So I love that. Uh, what else? Oh, I'm on frequently on a show, not every week, but I'm frequently on a show called Weaving Spiders Welcome on Saturday nights. And even 
just the, even the episodes I'm not on, of course, I recommend people check that out because it's the deepest synchro mystic gravy train rabbit holes I've ever seen in my life. What that show is just so crazy. They go off for like five hours on Saturday nights and you, you know, you might not be able to hang for the whole live stream, but come back to it. And it never disappoints, even when it seems that they're going off into weird tangents that make no sense by the end, they find a way that everything links and nobody plans it. And it just proves that we like I'm going on and on about weaving spiders more than my own show, but they, those guys really prove that everything is everything. And it's all connected and so it's super fun love them always like to give them a plug us i guess because i'm in there but i do sound healing sessions with tuning forks and those i do remotely they're they're very powerful uh, in terms of helping your body see where it can send healing energy and then you heal yourself i just am kind of like a conductor of your electricity during the session those are great you can contact me through my website for that by emailing me or on telegram. I don't have it set up as like a store item on the website yet, but soon I will. Right now it's just going fine to let people that are motivated get in touch. So if you are do that, also do divinations. Um, like the little card pull we did today, I can do those for you one-on-one -on -one if someone's interested in like a spiritual counseling guidance session where I help them see what they think about questions in their life. So all that, is uh, my main my main things interverse vibrant sound healing divination and I, I do some free divination videos for the group on youtube and rockfin as well as live streams so if you like live stuff hit the bell and hope that youtube will actually give you the notification after you turn the bell on because some you know there's no guarantees with them but right watch out for all that stuff there's a lot going on I'll yeah, find his YouTube because you're not watching me on YouTube anymore. So <laughs> no, that's cool, man. I, I, I'm on Rockfin. Well, I'm not on Rockfin. But... I think they just don't want to martyr me. Yeah. Well, they listen, they pulled me off a couple platforms and as soon as they did, my download skyrocketed. So I'm not even really mad about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like they don't want to yeah. martyr me. I mm -hmm. draw too much attention. hundred percent. So not too mad about it, but yeah, that's cool, man. I'm definitely going to jump in on some of those live streams on Rockfin. Um, Cause that's fun. That's my jam. I like doing that. Yes. The chat, ruining the chat with shenanigans <laughs> join vibrant and send our uh, our call in line random non sequitur memes and i'll be forced to put them on the air mm. <laughs> good i'm good at memes well cool. chance listen man that was awesome dude so no you're awesome jeff no you're awesome chance this is amazing yeah this was fun man and uh for anybody else you guys already know where to find me i'm not gonna rant just go find all his stuff i'll have it all in the links and all the places where everybody can find it blah 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 that's it that's all i got chance you got anything else peace and love peace <laughs> and love man absolutely well we'll see y'all later bye